On this episode of Delivering Marketing Joy, we talk with Dana Zezo about tips for social media and how he teaches his team the Dana Zezo way. of Delivering Marketing Joy. I'm your host, Kirby Hossman, here on DMJ, available only at Promo Corner. And and this time, I've got a rock star with me. He's been here a couple times before. I want to welcome him back. He's Dana Zezo. He's VP of Marketing and Sales at Imagine Brands. And hey, I heard a rumor. Now you're in charge of product development, too. So you're, you're wearing a lot of hats, man. Yeah, I think, you know, I'm lobbying for the three salary thing, but it's not getting too far. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get it. Well, cool, man. Thanks for doing this, man. No problem. So I wanted to jump right in and talk about social media. You've really been an ambassador, and you and I have talked about this in the past, where you've educated a lot of people in our industry about social media. But as you look at it, as you look at people doing it, what are some of the mistakes you still see being made on social? Um, well, it, it's definitely it's from when I started, you know, doing all the the, the talks and stuff, and I know then you you know you do them and. Mark Graham and Danny and sure. I mean even Bill you know is doing some um, we it's come a long way for sure uh, people have gotten a lot better I, I think that uh, from the distributor perspective I mean and that's kind of what I'll talk to and then if you want to expand on the supplier perspective we can but from the spirit I think people are, are embracing the concept that the medium is now they understand the no like trust, the, the sales 101. Like, I think that, oh, I get it. Like, if the more people that know, like, and trust me would probably increase my business, mm-hmm. um, I think that's finally stuck. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, people that are still just reluctant to, to make the step in. Uh, I, I still see a lot of social voyeurs. Mm-hmm. I, I, I know they're watching because. And I know they're paying attention because they, uh, when I see them in real life yeah. at a trade show, at a you know, it's an issue, they're like, oh, you know, and they talk. I'm like, but you, why didn't you comment on the comment, or why didn't you? So I can tell that there's a, still a huge mass that are voyeurs, and they don't understand that to take a relationship to the next level on a social platform you should probably respond on the social platform. Mm-hmm. So I still see a lot of voyeur, social voyeurism, what I call it. Um, the other mistake would be they just don't know how or don't want to know how. I don't know what they want. I don't want to be, you know. But they don't make promotional products, which Paul Bellatone and Tim Andrews have done everything in their human power to give you every statistic on why it's one of the best mediums on the planet to deliver a message and get ROI and the best cost per impression and on, on, and on. I don't see people making the product part of their lifestyle. Mm. Um, you know, I've put so much emphasis on this, uh, you know, I use the hashtag, uh, field testing promo. Mm-hmm. Um, and I check it all the time. Nobody else is using it. And to me, that would be an amazing way. I don't see people 
um, using the product and documenting it and then sharing that with their audience, um, which would preferably be their end users, um, if they they still want to draw that line between, per, you know, with, with Facebook in particular of personal and business. And I still think that's a major mistake. I, I think it is the most, it's the easiest platform to use. It has the largest amount of users on a daily basis and you have their best chance. It'd be like no different than choosing which TV station in the new world of 2000 stations or whatever the hell we get. It's no different than how you choose to advertise in what station? You would say, well, where are the most amount of people? Where's my biggest audience? Where's this? Well, guess what? In social media, it is the channel of choice still. Mm-hmm. I know we're having fun with Snapchat. We're having fun with Instagram. I love them too. I embrace them. But I think that the best channel is Facebook when you remove this personal to business barrier. So yeah. the mistake I see is still people can't get over the hump of that it's really – it, it's not personal. Nobody wrote that. There's no manual that says only personal. It doesn't exist. Yeah. So I don't know where you got that from, but let it go. It's a documentate. It's whatever in life you want to document and share with whatever audience you chose to connect with. Yeah. And if I jump in, it's so funny to me because I think what we're finding, Dana, and I, again, this is kind of just off the cuff, but it's real life, right? Like I yeah. think what we're finding is that the things that that translate in social media are the things that translate in the three-dimensional world. You talked about it, engaging with people, having a conversation, uh, being authentic, you know, engaging with them where they're interested. Those, those make sense in social media because they make the sense in real life. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And we do a lot of, um, you know, we've, we've shifted our social, um, attack method or just our strategy, um, very sniper now it's not as global Mm -hmm. as it was and uh inside these sniper pockets uh, that are very focused pockets um we'll we'll uh, you know do some crazy stuff um offers uh from free product to complete order self promo orders and get very little uh, response. I'm very confused by that. I mean, if so, here's my analogy, right? So, I always compare it to me as a consumer, and that, and when I when I speak to, and I know one of our things we're going to talk about a little bit is is how do I pass this on mm-hmm. to my staff? The one thing I always do is put myself in the shoes of the consumer. So, you know me, I'm an avid outdoorsman. Like if I if I, I mean, I'm going to be that weird dude that's on, like, AME in Alaska bush country someday, like, <laughs> off the grid. Like, I'm going to go from one extreme to the other. But, um, so if Cabela's, for example, I'm a big fan of Cabela's. Mm-hmm. I think they're a marketing engine. Mm-hmm. And they become, like, in a way, the Walmart of the outdoors world, even though it's not about price. They become the specialists. So, mm-hmm. If I want the best selections of boots, in my head, they've taught me that, well, they're going to have the best selection, right? Mm -hmm. And then I might catch a deal. But if Cabela's engaged with me on social media, like, I would perk right up. Mm -hmm. And and then if you started offering me stuff, like, dude, I'm your biggest fan. Like, like if I saw a thing in in Cabela's, hey, respond, the first 50 to respond, get to field test these boots, but... 
I'd be like, I'd be all over that. Right. And our industry is not embracing that. And, and I'm, I'm kind of blown away that myself as a consumer of product would be so engaged. And I guess you could argue that it's so different, but I don't know if I see a difference. It's they're selling something. Uh, we're selling something. Right. Um, our end users use our product in their life for sales meetings, for conferences, for giveaways. It's it's no different than them than walking into Cabela's and buying something. Yeah, for sure. Uh, other than it's at quantity, mm-hmm. right? So I I just don't understand. I, I would highly encourage distributors. Um, that when suppliers are attempting to engage there, what they're saying is they're moving away from the traditional medium of engagement, which is via phone and email, which doesn't work anymore at all. Very, or it's very challenging to use. Mm-hmm. Um, they're trying to play in a space that invades your life the least, but gives you the most impact. I would I would encourage you and distributors to embrace that a little more. So yeah, and I agree. Um, so you you alluded to it. So I want to get to that question about you know you're when you bring on new team members. I mean I, you know I've heard of a people saying, "Well, I, he taught me the Dana Zezo way." So do you train them on social Dana style, or do you just go, "Hey, watch me and do what I do"? How do you, how do you do that? A little bit of both. Um, so when you work with me, you clearly realize quickly that this you're going to have to figure out which line you stand on when it comes to social media. Um, and it, uh, very few will uh, say that they are going to take a no stance. They, they realize that's probably not a good option. Um, so, you know, it's something that... Um, Yes, the first method of it, uh, of training is watch, and then we start. Then we start asking questions. Do you you know what? Um, so, like, if we were to like document the psychology of a social strategy, um, which could maybe actually make me a lot of money someday. <laughs> but um, you, we say, why did we post that? Right, so they so when they come in, their first element of training is they sit down with. So we we have a position in our company that I created. It's social engagement, and we have a person that one hundred percent of their day is focused at nap watching social media. If we're tagged, um, responding, you know, the promotional product group has obviously got I don't know three, four thousand people in it. People are always trying to source in there. And now you have some of the, the other customers trying to mimic that sourcing thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have this common skew that's used as a sourcing. So we're trying to react to the opportunity where someone has expressed a need. Um, and then we have a whole proactive uh, strategy on our own. So we run the new hires um, and particularly sales we run them through watching that and learning, and then we start asking, why do you think we posted that? Why do we think you posted that? And at first, I mean, their first, always their first reaction is just, yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, and yeah. then we dive into it and we start saying, like, we'll look at, um, 
our, our bad category is, has a lot more to offer than people realize. So we're moving around the outside of our core bags and we start talking about the strategy of what we post and things like that. And they're like, wow, okay. And then when they realize there's so much thought, then their automatic default is there's more reasoning behind every post, which ironically there's really not. But <laughs> then they start going, hey, why did we post that? Hey, why did we post that? Well, you do that enough times and they get to understand why we post what we do, we post, or why we do what we do on social um, from a behind the scenes perspective. We do um, a, um, um, uh, something else internal I want to talk about. But I think once they feel that, then they, 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 what we're trying to do is just really rip open their head and get it prepared for this onslaught of social content. Um, and then, and when they're open and not got blinders on, they're, they to take on a very different persona about our social media strategy and how we encourage them to connect on LinkedIn. Um, and we're always talking about it. Always talking about, hang on, five connections a day, five connections a day, the, the roots of, and then we talk about slowly, um, and then it moves into the one-on-one. -on -one. So I personally express this to my district sales managers that, again, are not even at the social that I am. Or, and and then I connect with the, the, the reps independently, each one, um, usually based on something that happened. And I use that something as a, exam a training example, and it's all one-on-one. -on -one. I've attempted to do social media training with the whole group. It's a train wreck hmm. because you have so many different attitudes that everybody can feel those attitudes in the room, and it ruins the room. Um, so we don't really train at a, at a group level anymore. We train very one-on-one -on -one and the value of it. Um, uh, as a matter of fact, I had one this morning with one of the reps who ended up because of a signet. Uh, I took a LinkedIn. So I know their territories. And I know the individual territories. I found the individual's uh, uh, LinkedIn profile and I forwarded it to, to him through a private message inside of LinkedIn. I shared the profile and I said, uh, you know, in Michigan, good, good person, you should connect. Well, he took it, connected, and then, I don't know, out of fear of me sending it to him or whatever, but like called me later and said, hey, I, got, I had an appointment with him. It went really well. Thank you. I was like, wait a minute. I just sent you a LinkedIn profile. You ended up booking an appointment off it? He goes, yeah, it went really well. So I'm like, all right, well, let's talk about that. Right. And he's like, oh, and, and no, he didn't really fully understand like the science why and like they don't understand the algorithm value of being connect. So if, if we can take a distributor, for example, algorithm wise, if that's the am I saying that right? The algorithm, algorithm reason, yeah. the mathematics mm -hmm. right behind more than me being connected to say you. Is that when you visit LinkedIn, if you're connected to myself and Lori and the district sales manager, and titles do mean something to LinkedIn, I figured out, and the and the Jeff, the sales rep, and something else, when you you have a better chance of being given Imagine Brands content in your feed. Right. Okay. I'm trying to teach that to the rep. So why would I be connected? The rep being connected, the district manager being connected. Why does it work? So that when you actually share company stuff within your newsfeed, your customers got a mathematical better chance of seeing it. And it takes a while for them to understand it. And usually it comes from 
like they'll share something and if what really causes it to start working is they something happened like they get a phone call or an email says i saw your post i need a sample yeah i saw your post i need a spec I saw your post. I need you to come in. Then all of a sudden, they're like, you know, they're all ears. Right. Uh, but before that, there tends to be some, some, some awkward time where they're not sure. No, I totally get it. I, again, I think that we all sort of went through that. It was just a while ago for you and I. We're, we're old. <laughs> it was uh, a long no, time ago. Yeah. So, so I've asked you some of the mistakes. One final question for you is, um, you know, what are some things you wish distributors partner? distributor partners would do, but most of them don't. I think it would be back. We've touched on it there a little bit. I think it's, a, I think it's, um, make, make the product more part of your life. Yeah. Uh, and, um, if you love the product, your customers will love the product. Mm, it, it already sense. happens from a supplier to distributor relationship. Yeah, Kirby, you know that if I called you or posted or sent you a Snapchat and said, Kirby, this thing is the bomb. Like this is legit. You would be all over it. Yeah. So Pete, the real want to tell the, the audience this happens, right? Like right. every once in a while, Dana will send me a Snapchat and be like, you need to get a spec sample of this because da da da. And I think, you know, I always yeah. do it. Right. Like, so right. it's a great point. Yeah. So I would. So what I would say, what I the distributors are not doing is they're not getting passionate about something, anything. Um, and we do sell products. So I mean, I know there's a lot of talk in the industry about don't you know that don't be product pushers. But at the end of the day, we sell product. Our service is what convinces that the end user to come back. Um, so the the and the I think the end users look to the distributors for these product ideas on an endless basis. Mm -hmm. And I, I just think if you would make, if distributors would make it more part of their life and talk about it uh, and be comfortable posting pictures um, using the product, you know, I don't know if I've, or I, I can count on one hand how many times I've ever seen a distributor who had a family reunion or an event that they hosted where they were bragging about the, the swag they were using for their own event. And to me, that's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. You should be – your deck and picnic area and RV and backyard, it should be covered in this stuff mm -hmm. yeah. and, and document it because I think customers and users don't mind that. They're, they're in, I, I've never had a distributor say, you know what, Dana? You're an idiot. You post too much about cups, so <laughs> I disconnected from you. Like it doesn't happen. Yeah. So, but if I post a, you know, and now we're doing the the the, like the the things with Facebook Live, which is oh my gosh, the amount of views we're getting. I can do a product presentation to twenty five hundred people in three minutes now. Mm -hmm. um, so use the math and use the stuff. Um, you know, embrace the lot, the new live and, and, and Snapchat and these things that to just blow your customer away and love what you do and love the product. And I think it'll carry over. And I, I just don't see that enough. And I, I don't know why. I don't know if people aren't comfortable with it. I can't figure it out. Yeah, I, I think know. I think it's fear. I, I think you know it's it's a new thing and people don't want to look stupid. But I I understand what you're saying for sure. So. 
Well, dude, you've answered my three questions. You always do awesome. Um, I do give everybody a chance, but I don't think I reminded you. I give everybody a chance to ask me a question. I don't know if you have any queued up for me. Well, yeah, I do. Um, so I, can we talk about the brewery a little bit? Are you sure. With that? Is that yeah, cool? Absolutely. All right. yeah, yeah. I am so psyched, excited about the brewery, <laughs> that, and I'm hoping to get a T-shirt. But in the meantime, I've got my, uh, you know, my Hassman Marketing T-shirt on, nice. um, you know, today for the podcast because I believe in it and I'm wearing it. Yeah. Um, but I want the brewery shirt. Um, okay. But let's talk about. I mean, I think social media mm-hmm. is is potentially the future element of launching a business. Mm-hmm. 100%. I know a little bit about your social success with the brewery that's not technically even open yet, right? Um, which is even cooler. Yep. Would you ever have tried to open the brewery without social media today? Boy, that's a good question. Uh, it, you know, it's hard to say because I feel like social media is so much a part of what I do. But what I would, what I would say... And, and, and it's funny because I haven't talked about this. This is a, it's a good question. So um, I actually think if you look back at the last six months of what I've done to get Hossman Brewing uh, up and running, I have essentially done what I go around the country and tell people do. I've used the give first economy, right? I have told the story on social media. I've used Facebook Live. I've used Facebook. I've used blogs. And I've you know done swag. No more billboards, no, you know, no radio, no, and that's no disrespect to those, but I've done what I've told everybody that I think is the the two most powerful media, right, is social media and promo. That is how I've built the brand so far for the brewery. And as you said, it's not open yet, but um, so far the buzz around our community, actually what's really funny is the buzz around the promo community has been really good. Why? Because that's what I've done. Right, it's I've I awesome. followed that blueprint. Blueprint. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> right. Point that you better patent that word or trademark that word. <laughs> blueprint. Ooh, this could be big. <laughs> so yeah, no, it's really good, and uh, I'm really excited because uh, we are really close uh, to opening. So I, I appreciate you asking about it, man. We got to get you a t-shirt. I, I need a t-shirt. Uh, I know we did some growlers. Yeah, that's right. I know I we need to that. do some more stuff. Uh, them, them caps off fidget spinners, you know, those could be a great one. Uh, not that I push product or anything. I'm just saying. You know, in general, I'm just saying. Uh, no, but, uh, you know, it's been cool. I, I just, it is. It, it, that, that is like, you nailed it. It, it, you practice what you preach that you and I talk about after hours. Um, and it's so cool. And I think you have, um, uh, you've created a community already of people who want to be part of this brewery, support it. And it's not even open yet. And I don't know, you know, 10 years ago without social, I don't think you could have done that. You know, you would have yeah. maybe ran some ads, right? Sure. In the newspaper, you would have bought your yellow page thing. Um, and been, you know, and, but you would open that door the first day having no clue of the interest. Yeah. Or, no, or very limited. Yeah. yeah, no, it's, it's, you're, you're hundred percent right. And, and I mean, the buzz we've created through socials cost me exactly zero dollars. Right. So it's really interesting. So, well, dude, Thanks, man. I really appreciate you taking the time. As always, I, I always enjoy our talks and I always learn something. So that's awesome. We'll have to do it again, okay? Always. Thank you, Kirby. You're right. the man. <laughs> All right. Well, that wraps up this edition of Delivering Marketing Joy. We'll see you next time.